You're listening to the Grace Covenant Statesville audio podcast. Today we are starting a new sermon series, which is really exciting, uh, and it's called Unsung Heroes. Uh, And for the next six weeks, we'll be talking about this uh, topic. And what, what we're doing is discovering people in the Bible who don't get a lot of attention. Uh, so today, our story comes from Second uh, Samuel 23, if you would like to turn there. Uh, but again, we're going to talk about some people who aren't commonly talked about uh, and how God wants us to hear this message and apply it to our lives. Uh, you might have um, seen videos on the internet or pictures or, or stories about people in our lifetime who are real heroes. Uh, back at, when 9-11 was, uh, what happened, there was all kinds of stories about firefighters and policemen and military who ran in the building and saved people or dug through the rubble and saved people. Uh, you may have a picture come to mind like in the Syrian bombing recently. There's a group of Syrians who gathered around this pile of rubble and dug in deep to find this infant baby and they pulled it out and saved it and rescued it. Uh, Maybe you think of heroes as being a Marvel character, a DC Comics character, uh, Superman or Iron Man or Batman or or whoever. But another might be a police officer who responded to the call of an unresponsive infant and they helped perform CPR and revive the baby. I've seen that on YouTube. You might have seen several different pictures in our life uh, that we've seen uh, that describe a hero. But we have heroes among us every day. Even in this room, there's heroes here. Uh, And there's people that need to be recognized. And so today we're talking about this man named Beniah. And he is in the story of 2 Samuel 23. So let's turn there and read verse 20 to 23 real quick. 2 Samuel 23 says this. Beniah, son of Jehoiada, a valiant fighter, a valiant fighter, from Kabzeel, performed great exploits. He struck down Moab's two mightiest warriors. He also went down in a pit on a snowy day and killed a lion. I guess that was just for fun. And he struck down a huge Egyptian. Although the Egyptian had a spear in his hand, Benaiah went against him with a club. He snatched the spear from the Egyptian's hand and killed him with his own spear. So basically, he was a James Bond of the prehistoric uh, before Christ days. So such were the exploits, verse 22, of Benaiah, son of Jehoiada. He was too famous as, he too was famous as three mighty warriors. He was held in great honor than any of the 30, but he was not included among the three. And then this, this verse is great. And David put him in charge of his bodyguard. So this guy is a mean machine, right? If he took down an Egyptian with a greater weapon and, and with his bare hands and wanted to just go down in a pit on a snowy day and kill a lion, um, I don't know if I necessarily want to mess with this guy unless I have a greater weapon than he has. But he's a strong, the Bible says he's a valiant fighter. He went down and killed this lion. He killed an Egyptian. He put, got put into charge of David's bodyguard. So again, I'm impressed with the story so far, and this is literally like the only place that he's talked about. So he gets three verses of fame, you know, in the Bible. We learn a little bit about him, you know, in history and things like this, but this is the main portion of Scripture that he's talked about. And isn't that interesting? He was called valiant. Why? Because he was a man of courage. 
And so today we talk about men. It's a great day to talk about Maniah because men are men. We need to be men of courage. Would you agree? I guess nobody wants to be courageous today and say amen. I talk less if you say amen. <laughs> there we go. See, that's how it works. But there's a difference today between what our culture would consider courage and what is actual courage. See, our culture would uh, define courage as almost like a bravado. And bravado, if you don't know what that is, is a bold manner or a show of boldness intended to impress or intimidate. And the key thing to remember about bravado is it it promotes self. It's a self-seeking courage. And it's not really courage, it's a show. Okay, and then the second is, is really the true courage. It's the ability to do something that frightens you like strength in the face of pain or grief. So doing something that's scary and finding an inner strength, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of uncomfortableness, if that's a word, uh, and, and, and struggle, is courage. Now, a good book to read if you're looking to explore this story even more is called Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. It's a great book, and it explores this story. Imagine that, three verses, and it's a whole book of 200 pages, right? It's a story about Benaiah and his chasing the lion. And in this book, I heard this author speak last week uh, in Washington, D.C. It was a great book. Um, He talks about the pursuit of the lion. And in our life, sometimes we have to pursue things that are scary. We have to pursue things that are constantly, you know, terrifying. In order to have courage, though, we have to look from God our Father. We can't just find courage just because. Because our strength comes from Him, right? Amen? There's three things today we want to talk about from this story. And the story of Badiah is great because it talks about courage. But the first point today is this. Courage is contagious. Courage is contagious. Billy Graham says this about courage. It says, courage is contagious. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are often stiffened. You see, when I see someone taking a risk and being bold, especially for the kingdom of God, and I'll tell you a little story about that, I am encouraged I am becoming someone who is encouraged by that. There's a friend that I have. His name is Daniel. He's a, he's a former veteran for the United States military. He sold everything he has here, and he went overseas to India to minister as a missionary. Had good life here, but he sold everything. And he just got released from prison yesterday because of his preaching in the streets, got him arrested. His family got taken away from him. I mean, just on and on with this guy. People are trying to persecute him. Now, he has courage. Why? Because he's been beaten. He's been arrested. He's been tortured. We can look at the writings of Paul and and, and say the same thing, right? He had courage to keep up in going. In fact, there was one time that Paul was stoned even almost unto death. They thought he was dead, so they quit stoning him. And guess what he did? The Bible says the very next day he got up and he went out on his journey to witness and and share the good news of Christ. So if nothing else defines courage, that defines courage. That defines courage as when the face of peril and danger comes, you know, when the face of persecution comes, what will you do? And so maybe you've seen some of the famous uh, speeches of Braveheart or 
Coach Carter or movies that inspire you. Uh, maybe it's another war movie that increases the morale or the troops. Or maybe you've been a part of a halftime uh, team rally in the, in the back uh, room and encourage all the guys at halftime. They're losing. They're down by 25. But you guys can do it. You know, you're the best. This and this and this. And encouraging them and giving them what? Boldness and courage to take on that giant. You know, in the Bible, we see people all the time that took on something um, but if, if we hang around, you know, people that play it safe, people that just are fine just staying in their comfort zone, I don't think we'll have a measure of courage that God intended for us. God didn't intend us to just stay complacent and never move out of our comfort zone and never share the gospel with anyone. It wasn't his plan. His plan was to, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, go into all the world preach the good news of Christ. Now, how many know that it takes some courage to go around the whole world and spread the good news of Christ when your life may be on the line? So these are things that we're talking about today. But the Bible says this. He was a leader among the priests. He had rallied 3,700 men to support David when he was crowned king. You see, he was loyal to David to see him established on the throne, but he grew up in a culture of courage. Think about that. He's serving under David. What did David do that was so impressive? Do you remember the story? David and Goliath. He took just five smooth stones and went against a soldier in full battle gear and full weapon, spear and sword, and he had nothing, no armor, no anything, but the God was on his side and he had courage. Why? Because God gave him that courage. You know, in the same way, being around Jesus gave the disciples courage that they couldn't have had any other way. Jesus was, was a courage, uh, let's say, motivator, replicator, whatever, because he provided the disciples with a, a motivation uh, that couldn't be found anywhere else. Noah had courage. What did he do? He built the ark, right? Moses walking up to Pharaoh, the leader, and demanding God's people be freed. Now, that's pretty courageous, right? Because he could have been killed on the spot. David, obviously, we talked about Abraham sacrifices his long-awaited only son until God tells him otherwise. And Jesus had courage because he was sent to the earth as a sacrifice for our sins, all these men in the Bible, all these people had courage, and there's certainly ladies that had courage as well in the Bible. All kinds. Mary had courage, right? She had to. In a time where she could be put to death for the birth of Jesus, she was a person of courage. So today, you and I can also create a culture of contagious courage by being people of courage, by showing our families um, what courage is. So not only must we remember that courage is contagious, but we also need to know today that courage costs. Courage costs us something. It's not just a freebie. It's going to cost us either physically, emotionally, financially, or relationally. Some days, courage will get us out of bed when we don't feel like it. Some days you may be dealing with guilt or depression or anxiety about a certain situation. But courage, because it comes from Jesus Christ, will help you get out of bed and conquer that day. God will help you through that. Some days courage will get us through an emotionally tough day. Has anybody ever had tough days? Sometimes courage to take care of your family and courage to reach somebody at your job will get you through those days. Courage will help us get out of debt. It will help us save our marriage and families. 
but it might cost us something. Joshua 1.9 says this, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, if that isn't a reassurance, I don't know what is. Be strong and of good courage, one of the translations says. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified, because wherever you go on the face of the planet, God is with you, and he's with you wherever you go. So it's awesome. John Piper writes this. Courage is indispensable, indispensable, excuse me, for both spreading and preserving the truth of Christ. Jesus promised us that spreading the gospel would meet resistance. Matthew 24, 9, it says this, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and will be hated by all nations because of my name. Paul even warns that I know after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among you, your own selves, Men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. So having courage, especially courage to spread the gospel of Christ, will cost us something. It might not cost you in the same way as death right now in America, right? But it might cost you a reputation, a relationship. Sometimes, as, as we learned last week, it might even cost you a job. If Taking a stand for your faith costs you a job sometimes. It has before. We just heard about that last week. And then third today is courage reflects character. And you have to forgive me. I'm still battling this uh, sinus thing going on. Um, had two rounds of antibiotics and two steroids, so maybe it'll get out of here uh, pretty soon. But excuse my, my nasal today uh, sounding. My wife even poked fun of me last night. That was a very courageous thing to do. Um, when you think of someone that is courageous, though, uh, you've got to have a couple qualities. And some of these qualities are, are, are listed. Humility. Uh, the ability to have confidence in God. What does the Bible say? The Bible says I can do th- all things through Christ who strengthens me. Not because it's my strength. Not because I'm, you know, whatever. But because of Christ. Because of his influence. Courage reflects character. It has sacrificial giving. Uh, you give up yourself. You give up your own desires, your, maybe even some rest. You sacrifice something. Courage ha- is compassionate. Someone who takes cares of those no one else will touch. In fact, uh, many times um, policemen are referred to as sheepdogs. I don't know if you've ever heard this. But in, in law enforcement school, we're the sheepdogs. Why is that? Because we protect the flock. That's what they're called. And so courage is taking that step of compassion who takes care of those who no one else will will take care of. And that's an important step. Someone who has uh, courage confronts injustice. When you see someone being mistreated or treated poorly, you confront that. Uh, A person of courage is perseverant. They continue in the face of fear, failure, and past mistakes. So a person of courage is rooted in conviction, not just because, but because God says so. And then lastly, a person of courage has to take action. They can't just sit around. They're not a person, person who is stagnant. They're a person who is moving and is action-oriented. And if they see something that needs doing, they're just going to do it. Several of you are like that. For example, this morning... Uh, chairs need us setting up and two or three of our guys jumped in and just went at it and in the same way every week some of you help every week taking the chairs down setting up the furniture jumping in 
That's a person of courage, is someone who takes action. And so those are three points today that are about courage. And then there's just three short points that I would like to give you to end today that are killers of courage. There's three of those. And the first one is this, the flesh. You see, the Moabites were descendants of Lot, and they were closely related to Israel. They represent compromise, faithlessness, and fulfilling your own pleasures and destiny. And so Benaniah was the opposite of that. If you are committed to saving self, you will never go beyond yourself. William Faulkner says this, you, can never, you cannot swim for new horizons until you have courage to lose sight of the shore. I don't know if you've ever been out on a boat far enough to lose sight of the shore, but I'm not sure if I ever want to go there. <laughs> Just saying. The flesh um, and the love of it will always hinder courage. So number one, a killer of flesh, uh, courage is the flesh. Number two, the killer of courage is the world. Egypt at this time was a source of worldly plow- power, uh, influence, affluence, and wisdom. But just like today's world, if we put our hope and trust in the world and the world finance, the world economics, the world leaders, and we don't put our trust in Jesus, we don't put our trust in the Father and the Holy Spirit, then we miss out and it can kill our courage because that doesn't come from the Lord. The only hope we have is Jesus. Amen? And then the third one today is this, and I'm closing with this. There's the third killer of courage, and obviously, this is the devil. The Bible says in John chapter 10... Verse 10, that the devil comes only to what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. His goal is to mess you up, is to take away your courage, to take away your boldness, to take away your gusto, if you will, for the gospel of Christ. He wants to take away your, or your courage for everything, your family, care for your family, care for your job, care for everything in your life that's important. His job is to steal from you, kill, and destroy you. And when we realize that, we also appreciate the second part of that verse, which says, but, Jesus says this, but I have come so that you can have life, and life to the full, life abundantly. Why is that important? Because if we recognize that the devil is prowling around, 1 Peter 5, 8, like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, then it all comes back full circle in chasing after the lion with courage makes more sense the devil looking to devour someone he's looking to tear you apart he's looking to tear your families apart your marriage your relationships your job your finance everything he wants to destroy you the bible says be alert and what does it say sober minded what does that mean clear your mind of the junk and be ready be on your guard the bible says be ready to give a defense We can't let the enemy convince us of a personal weakness because Christ has already overcome that. Right? Would you agree? Christ overcame that. We have to trust God that he will strengthen us. My favorite uh, verse in all scripture is this. In Romans chapter 8, 11, I believe. uh, The same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives also inside of you. And if that's true... That will be an encourager to courage, not a, not a killer of courage, right? We'll recognize that the flesh can kill our courage, the world and the devil can kill our, kill our courage, but there's hope because our hope is Jesus. 
And the same power that raised him from the grave three days after he was killed lived inside of you, lives inside of you currently, presently. And that's powerful stuff. Because instead of looking at a problem in our life, like sickness, for example, instead of being defeated by it, we start praying over it. We start praying and believing that God's going to heal. We start praying over a need in a finance or a relationship because God can restore relationships. God can restore marriages. All it takes is someone having the courage to pray in that way. The common weapon of these three killers, though, is fear. And fear can blind us. Fear can take everything away from us that God has purposed because our trust isn't placed in Him. It's placed in ourself. And when you start to move that confidence in yourself to confidence in God, that fear goes away. And so today, maybe you're struggling with a decision. Maybe you're struggling in in life in general and you're afraid. Maybe you're afraid because fear is the opposite of courage. And just like the story in the Bible that's beautifully illustrated, Benaiah had courage. He was a man of courage. He was a man I'd like to hang around. He's a man I think would put some hair on my chest, so to speak, right? Like Walker, Texas Ranger, Chuck Norris, you know? There's a lot of Chuck Norris jokes, and they're really funny. I'm not going to do any dad embarrassing Chuck Norris jokes right now, though. Not the time. But that's a man I would want to hang around. Why? Because it's contagious. It makes me want to be a man of courage. So in your life, you've got to find people that have courage and stick around them. And people that are fearful don't stick around them very long. Look, there's people that I know in, in family that are fearful of everything. They're scared they're going to die. They're scared they're going to be sick all the time. They're scared they're going to... I mean, I'm telling you, a million different things. And if you hang around people like that for too long, you become the same way. But then the opposite's true. If you hang around people that say, God's got this, God's gotten in control, he's in control of my life, I'm submitting to him, I'm going to have courage and take a step out of faith, you're going to be just like that too and encouraging yourself with the word of God. That's why I would push for a small group or a devotion group. If you're not involved in the women's meeting or the men's meeting on Wednesday morning, we have a good discussion, good time. It encourages you. It, it gives you courage to share your faith and courage to live out the life that God has called you to. But today I would just ask that you just pause and, and, and ask yourself, what is the Lord speaking to you today about courage in your own life? Is there something in your life right now that you're fearful about, that you're not letting go of, that you're not giving God control, that you're not saying, God, you've already defeated death, hell, and the grave, and I can trust in you? Because you can't. You can trust in the Lord our God. And I often reflect, if God can open a Red Sea, if God can raise Jesus from the dead and Lazarus from the dead, and and all these miracles throughout the scriptures and throughout history that are recorded, how in the world is my little old sinus infection too tough for him to handle? The creator of the universe which now they're saying all kinds of, I don't know if you've seen the video that zooms out of our galaxy and 25 other galaxies. And then the God who created you and me in a huge galaxy that's part of another 25 million huge galaxies. He knows you. If he can do all that, what's our little problem? 
It's not a big problem to him. All we have to do is ask. So bow your heads with me today and let's stand together and pray. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.